We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast on Ramstock Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro, as always, here with Johnny Gomez. Uh, we should be being joined here in a little bit by our guest, uh, Kev Masteregin of Roto Baller and the Operating Room Podcast. It talks some NFL draft. But, Johnny, we, we didn't pod last week. We took a much-needed week off. How you doing, man? It's been an uh, uneventful week. In the Rams world, but uh, hey, at least the Lakers season's over. <laughs> oh man, uh, yes. Yeah, so very uneventful, really month. Uh, other than you know the signing of Bobby Wagner, really not a whole lot to discuss. And uh, you know that's that's perfectly fine because we knew kind of going into this off season that it wasn't going to be a very eventful off season. Though I will admit it's probably more eventful than I anticipated it being. Uh, but yes, to uh, also respond to your Laker comment. Oh my God. I, I just, it was like end the misery. And, and luckily it, it ended. But on the bright side, the Dodgers are kicking ass right now. Hey, there you go. My, uh, my Mets are the best team in April every year on track to do it again. So, um, <laughs> You know, go baseball. Um, yeah, and hey, the USFL kicked off. I did not watch it, but a lot of a lot of fun names going around there. Luis Perez threw the inaugural Yo. touchdown pass. Jeff Fisher was out there rocking a rocking a great outfit, snapback backwards. Um, so football's back. If you want to go watch that. Oh, I, I actually watched it, man. It was it was very enjoyable. I, I love the USFL. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last because 
Oh boy, man. It, it, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't too many fans in the stands there, but you know what? I'm, I'm hoping it lasts. It, it was, it's pretty aggressive, a lot more than uh, the NFL. Plus there's some pretty cool rules there that I feel like the NFL could benefit from it. So, uh, and plus nice seeing Luis Perez out there. I, I, I was hoping he would find, you know, success elsewhere. And, um, he had a kind of a up and down game, but you know, at least he could say he threw the first touchdown pass in the USFL. Nobody could take that away from him. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I, I unless the XFL next year is a complete train wreck, this league's not making it to twenty twenty four because it seems like the NFL is backing the XFL to an extent and just trying to work with it to really be the minor league for the league doesn't seem like they're doing that with the USFL and it kind of feels like they just like jumped in uh and cut tried to cut the line really um but hey Kev's joining so I'm gonna let him in <laughs> we're here with with Kev Masaregin of Roto Baller and the Operating Room podcast Kev how you doing man it's uh it's been a while since you've joined the pod a lot has happened for the Rams since your last appearance. Um, well, yes, we are Super Bowl champions, so that is refreshing. Um, thank you to you guys for having me on. Uh, hey, Rams Nation that's listening to the podcast right now. It's, uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm feeling good. Feeling great, actually. I, I love where the team's at. I love where like the, the process that they've gone through the offseason with. They didn't really you know, force any issues. They brought in some good guys and, you know, the payroll, like I love how they're spending money. They're doing it the right way. Yeah. As always with less need, or at least in recent years, spending his money on good players, which, you know, is a, a crazy recipe for success, but it's worked for him, you know, just signing good players and trading for good players. Yeah. Uh, ballsy, some might say, <laughs> but uh, I, I say savvy. Kev, I, I was actually thinking about this today. So a lot of like Johnny and I, and when we had Sosa on the podcast, we talked about this a little bit too. Like all of us that follow the team through the St. Louis years, like we are way more pessimistic as Rams fans, I think, than the people that joined when we moved to LA in 2016. But, you know, you joined in 2016, right? And correct. You're just as pessimistic as we are. Uh, I was just thinking about that. I thought that was funny. I mean, I've been a football fan. Uh, I, I mean, I've had I've been a USC football fan for the last two decades. Um, that has, I mean, what we've had we had the good years, we had the bad years, and you you go through the motions. I'm a fan of the Dodgers. I'm a fan of the Lakers. You know, like obviously these teams. You know, they have. I mean, the Lakers this year at least that wasn't ideal, but you know. I know what being a fan is. I know how to, you know, stay level-headed and understand when it's okay to criticize your team. Yeah. And there is a weird, like, subset of Rams Twitter that refuses to criticize the team, and I, I don't get it. it, it it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, people were, like, when after the 2-2 Atwell pick, people were like, what, could you run the team better than Les Need? Like, no, I couldn't fucking run the team better than Les Need. That doesn't mean I can't criticize him for making mistakes. You know, every great athlete, every great general manager, every great coach has fucked up at some point. Uh, so it's okay to criticize a team, but 
you know, it was great to finally see the t- be rewarded. I mean, I say finally. We went to the Super Bowl three years ago. But, like, they did it. it it's oh, fucking come great. come on. We scored three points. We scored three points. That's not a reward. That was pain. <laughs> like, any time, any playoff loss, feel like, no matter how good you are, you were to get there, a playoff loss is hell, especially in football because it's, like, one game, single game elimination. So, I mean, you say rewarded for getting to the Super Bowl. I say that's like that, that like you know, they're tangled. They're keeping you around even longer just to cause more pain. Yeah. But at I, the same time, when was the last time the Rams had been to the Super Bowl? But eh, yeah, so. that's. But I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan back then, so I. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there you have it. <laughs> you didn't watch the late two thousands Rams, man. I mean, they were no. a fucking joke. <laughs> Uh, it was. It was a. Re- you thought 2016 was bad. Uh, you should have watched him win one game in 2009 because it was even worse. <laughs> Man, and then talking about the NFL draft in that time period, that that was enough for you to drink, bro. Like, there, there's just absolutely no no way you could sit there and look at the that the draft in that era and just not just shake your head a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry to you guys. Uh, I I actually I think I was a Saints fan at the time just because of Reggie Bush. So you know I had an NFL team, but I wasn't like you know diehard. I just really liked Reggie Bush because again the USC connection. But yeah, I mean I, I I remember some of those drafts. I remember uh, you know James Laurinaitis for you guys and um, obviously Bradford and Chris Long and some of the other guys. But uh, I wasn't very much so in uh, in the know with what was going on. So like I mean. Not to go down memory lane, but was it that bad? Was it like, I mean, I know you guys were bottom of the barrel a couple seasons. Kev, I, I want you, um, after this podcast or whenever you get a chance, to look at the 2006 and 2007 drafts for the Rams and see if you recognize a single name on the list. I'll do my best. Because <laughs> it's, they straight up didn't Alex draft a pro- Yeah, Alex Bear and Ty Hill. They straight up didn't draft a productive player for like two years. Like not one. Wait, wait. The best, the best player I think they drafted was Adam Carricker, and he was bad on the Rams, and then like oh okay God. for two years in Washington, and like that was it. Even two thousand eight, oh my, like Donnie Avery was a fringe first round pick. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, and like Chris Long, that was like he was good. Chris Long was great, but at the same time, that's like a second overall pick. Oh, the, man, it, this is bad. The way you scoffed at Donnie Avery too undoubtedly the second best player drafted in those three years like by a landslide (laughs) he had a career total of 2,800 yards so good for him but um yeah I didn't realize how bad it was I just I remember um obviously Steven Jackson and stuff but I think it was just yeah it's like that you guys were living off the old glory at that point huh pretty much yeah it was uh outside of the outside of Sam Bradford's rookie year it was like five years of just a fucking disaster and then like people shit on the fisher years from the outside those were a godsend we were so much more fun to watch than the previous regime and like that's saying a lot steve spagnolo <laughs> yeah. era yeah that was rough uh well Kev, we brought you on to talk some nfl draft obviously a very weird year to talk about the draft for us we don't pick till 104 but you know if you watch the team this year, there were a lot of contributors down the stretch in the playoffs that were drafted at 104 or later. I would say a notable pick is I think Ernest Jones was 103 last year. Guy's a starter, hopefully going to be a starter for a long time. So, I mean, 
I don't know how deep you've gotten into this draft, but like, I, I know you're a big draft guy. I know Johnny's a big draft guy. I am not for all our listeners. So I'm about to get educated by these two on the pod. Does it feel like a deep draft this year in terms of, you know, like, are there going to be guys in the third, fourth, fifth round um, that could contribute? And, you know, if you're drafting guy in the third round, you're not, you're not expecting them. You're not expecting Cooper cup in the third round every year. Uh, you just want a guy who can start and contribute and play throughout his rookie contract. Obviously there's some guys every year, but I want to just get your thoughts like overall on like this draft beyond the obvious top couple of picks. Um, this is a bad draft for like day three, but it's a really good draft in terms of like depth for um, building your foundation. So it's a really good O-line, a D-line. Um, what's it called? Wide receivers are solid. There's some depth there, but when it like hard quarterback's awful, we're not worried about quarterback, which is great, which I'm ecstatic about. But um, yeah, day one, day two is very strong in terms of depth. Like uh, what's the saying? Not saying, but uh, it's like the first... 20 picks in the first round it's like you could go one to 20 you're gonna get it not an equivalent talent but you know uh, one to 20 it's kind of a toss-up like you know uh, maybe like 55 45 in terms of contribution throughout their career so um there's a lot of good players this is not a top heavy i mean it's top heavy in terms of the days but um you're not like oh it's like if you don't get these players it's you're busted Uh, i'm very optimistic the rams can hit on their day late day two picks but um you're not going to see the Ernest jones the um i'm not saying uh i guess robert rochelle bobby brown kind of played a little bit but uh even that that this draft last year wasn't ideal but they had like what all their picks were after pick 100 so I, how many picks do we have in the top 100 like two this year we have zero no zero yeah, oh wow zero. it's 104 <laughs> Yeah, wow, 104, 142. So, look, I, I, I'd say since there's so many compensatory picks and most of these are like sixth and seventh rounders, it's keep your expectations low. I I mean, I guess hope for depth, like depth O-line, depth D-line, depth cornerback. Because cornerback is, I think, the only position that goes into day three that I'd be confident in. I'm just looking right now. Maybe wide receiver too, but that's that's pushing it already. Do, look, do we really need a wide receiver though? Yes. <laughs> We need speed. Uh, I don't know, oh, man. No, speed. <laughs> no, I mean, look, losing Odell, like Odell's are saving grace at the end of the season. And, you know, like I said a couple times, it's like if we had Odell throughout the Super Bowl, like that's like a 40-point blowout. No like, question. We were, imba- we were embarrassing them. And then Odell went out. The offense just kind of went to shit. And then, you know, Cup and Stafford forced the issue, and it worked because, like, you can't do what they did for two drives towards the end of the game, the entire game, because that'll kill him. A cup, especially. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. I, there's so many, like, needs um, that they haven't addressed yet. I don't know what I just said. Addressed yet in the offseason with, like, with, you know, cornerback with Darius Williams departing, edge rusher with Von Miller departing, and even our offensive line with Corbett departing. There's areas I'd like them to target with receiver, you know, hopefully they can bring Odell back, but he's not going to play this year. I promise you he's not going to play this year. And if he does, it's the playoffs and that's, he, he'd be brand, he'd have to ramp up. Yeah. But you, you've got, you sign out Robinson, obviously. So you've got, you know, at worst, a top five receiver. You could argue top one in Cooper cup. You've got, 
Uh, Alan Robinson, who I think last year was an outlier, I think is really good. Um, if, if Van Jefferson remembers how to play football like he did in the first half of the season, that's a solid trio to me. And maybe there's something there with Tutu Atwell. Probably not. But, like, if we want to dream, you know, that's the speed. It kind of sucks that, you know, you mentioned we have no top 100 picks this year. We had 57 last year, and we took this guy, and he might not even, like, he'll probably be on the team this year, but it's not out of the question that he gets cut. So I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't hate a receiver in, like, the fifth or sixth, I guess, but I'd rather them just throw darts at cornerback and interior offensive line and an edge rusher than yeah. take a chance on another receiver, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, um... Just, I, I mean, I don't know how much you've looked into this. It's just weird. Edge gets really thin after like the sec, the third round, second round, even. It's um, non-existent. <laughs> it's yeah, but like it's really good for the top of the draft. It's like you're getting a bunch of there's so many good edge rushers towards the top of the draft, but we don't have picks there, and we're not going to trade up. Uh, you mentioned Allen Robinson. Yeah, total outlier last season. I expect a full-on bounce back to well, not quite. You know. Um, Jaguars 1500 yard receiver Allen Robinson but if we get like 1100 yards like he's done at least like 30 of the last four years I think that's very much in range um, I, Tutu Atwell you you mentioned it I think he could be our speed guy if we're just having him run wind sprints out there just like clear out the safety <laughs> get him to draw that attention I mean that's literally all you can ask and if he does that I'm not going to say it's a good second round pick but it is it the worst if you could get that deep speed from a guy, I mean, he's like what five seven, one fifty seven. So we'll see how long that lasts. Um, I think we are in a weird situation where we can't be playing Cup, Robinson, and Van Jefferson at the same time over and over again. They'd have to like rotate out with each other because that's like three guys who run like four five four six. That's not going to cut it. Our tight end, I mean, Jacob Harris could have been our speed guy, but he's coming off an ACL. Um, Higby's slow, not slow, but like. He's fast for a tight end. It's just not it. Acres. I mean, he's probably the fastest guy on offense of the starting core. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're not going to line him up out wide every play because he's a running back. They're not going to respect him like a wide receiver. So you need something it as like a insurance policy to, um, to uh, Tutu Atwell, which you're probably going to need a good one. Like Valus Jones, that's a guy who pops up. Former USC guy, he's like 24, but he runs like a 4-3. So if he can uh, if he can be the guy running wind sprints, that would be great. Um, that's just the only reason I bring up wide receiver, because this core, as it stands, uh, at least for the starting lineup's sake, is not going to cut it for a full season. It's just too slow. Yeah, and... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I, I mean, Van, Van was a deep threat early in the season last year, you know, when when Woods was out there. So, I so... We'll see. You know, I, I, I hopefully like the dream is you could get something out of Tutu, even if it's just being a deep threat decoy. Like if he's doing what Deshaun Jackson did when they played him, um, like that's fine. I mean, it's not, yeah. is it worth the 57th pick? Fuck no. But like, we'll take it. Uh, it's a sunk cost. Of this yeah. Take what you can get. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned DJX. That was huge for the first part of the season, even though he didn't do much. It's just having that guy out there who, you know, for 40% of the snaps can just run, just go straight. And he didn't, he didn't really put up many stats, but you know, when it comes down to it, he played like what, 20 to 30% of the snaps I'm looking at right now. And that's fine. That's all we needed to get Cooper cup and Robert Woods open. And it worked. And then we got Odell, obviously in that weird middle period, everything went to crap. You guys remember. Um, those that three game losing streak to like Tennessee, uh, the Packers, and I forgot who else. But there's a reason our offense looked so bad. It's because we had no speed on the field. Like we lost Woods. Um, we had Djax left, and then it, it just like it was Cup and Stafford, and our terrible running attack. So that's the only reason I bring it up because losing Andrew Whitworth is obviously huge because Stafford's not going to have as much time back there to throw. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll see with no boom. You know, he looked good. He's not Whitworth, but you can't expect him to be Whitworth. Um, I mean, what like what's what's your gauge on or either of you guys do like what's your gauge on offensive line in the draft? Because I think it, we th- they're currently slating Coleman Shelton to be the starter at guard, and like maybe he's the answer, but we have no evidence that he would be the answer. Like I think if like. Ultimately, at 104, they should be going best player available, no matter what. Even if it is, uh, I mean, unless it's like a fucking running back or quarterback, like any other position, you should be going best player available. But I, I ideally, you walk out of this draft taking a shot at a cornerback and an offensive lineman at least, just to throw another player into the rotation and see what happens. We've drafted starters at both positions late in the draft. You know, David Edwards comes to mind in the fifth round, but... I'd love to get a sense of like how you feel about the position uh, early on or like early on in your scouting. Uh, well, for me personally, I, I think that the Rams best opportunity to draft somebody that could potentially contribute down the road would be an offensive lineman. I think cornerback, you're basically going to hope and shoot for the moon for a Robert Rochelle type. But, yeah, offensive line is probably going to be the Rams' best bet, especially since Sean McVay likes the idea of, um, you know, finding that versatile offensive lineman. And I feel like that's kind of what in the, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth round, that's where a lot of these guys are. So it's it's a matter of finding that perfect guy to groom. And um, basically, if you're hoping for a starter – I think you're going to be severely disappointed. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I, I mean, you guys meant you mentioned Steve, uh, best player available. That's probably the only way to go in this draft, aside from like quarterback and probably tight end because we don't need more tight ends. But uh, yeah, we just need depth. We need good players, and 
you know, anyone, I, I feel like we, we are at a advantage with other teams. Cause we can take those like red shirt seniors, seniors or whatever guys who can, who low upside, who can contribute now. That's probably like those guys who fall because it's like, Oh, we can't see them turning into great players or stars or whatever. We can take those guys and just plug and play. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a dream with this pick or with these picks. You just want to like because we need depth and we need guys that contribute. And yeah, like those high floor, low ceiling guys. I mean, yeah, the, those would be money. It'd be great if we could draft another Jordan Fuller, but like we don't need to. Um, our we really like our starters are basically set, and you know, you're you have question marks at cornerback and offensive line, but you shouldn't expect to find the starters there. And ultimately they could add another defensive back after the draft when it won't affect the compensatory formula. You know, like it's possible that they're just waiting to sign somebody like Tyron Matthew with that to happen. I don't think that's going to happen, but like there are definitely, and Johnny and I have talked about this in the past podcasts. There are definitely names still out there at both edge rusher and defensive back. And it wouldn't shock me if they, uh, waited to sign one of those guys, but we, we still, hopefully you still address some of those needs in the draft. Um, for either of you guys is Kevin, I know you mentioned a couple of receivers, um, but is there any other players that like grayed out right now to be fourth round type players that you think could potentially contribute, um, to the Rams or really like anyone like, other guys you see being graded out of fourth round that you look like to your eye look like they could be, you know, starters, not like stars, but starters. Well, I have a dream pick and I actually wanted to get Kev's opinion on this to see if he would actually drop down to the Rams because considering the way the draft is, I highly doubt he does, but kind of the guy that's been uh, climbing up draft boards recently is uh, Chattanooga's Cole, uh, Cole Strange. What, what do you think, Kev? Is that a possibility, or am I just, uh, you know, drinking too much tequila and just, you know, <laughs> not not uh, at all realistic? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I really like Cole Strange. He's played a lot of positions. He's played left guard, left tackle, center. Like, um, he, he can move around. I like guys like that. Uh, Elton Jenkins comes to mind. Obviously, they're not of the same pedigree whatsoever, but... Um, when you could get a guy who's played different positions and played him at a high level, even regardless of the college, you know, offensive linemen are weird. You can get guys who went through these small schools that just pop. And, um, you know, even without the name value of like an LSU or an Ohio state, they can play really well. Um, yeah, I like Cole strange. I think Luke Godkey's like another guy I've been looking at. Uh, I'm not very adept to offensive line, um, Luke God, he went to Central Michigan. That's an offensive tackle who could help. Um, there's a redshirt senior, Abraham Lucas, over at Washington State, uh, 6'7", 324. He can be a guy like, you know, he's projected like the back end of the top 100, which, you know, he could slide to 103 or something. I just think offensive line, crucial, protect Matt Stafford, give our offense time to operate. Um, if I had to prioritize any position, it would be, I mean, not position, but grouping, it would be that. But uh, again, if that's if best player available is at a different position, that's totally fine. If it's a wide receiver, like I said, if it's cornerback, um, I feel like linebacker uh, with Bobby Wagner, it's huge, obviously getting Bobby Wagner, but him and Ernest Jones, I probably would pass on linebacker if anything, unless like a Channing Tyndall. I know I'm just naming names here, but 
Georgia linebacker fast as hell uh, would be great. Uh, could a potential starter, but I mean, have you heard, have you looked at Channing Tindall whatsoever? Yeah, I have, and and it's kind of like one of those one of those things as well. Like, I don't know if he would add much to the Rams' depth. You know, considering what the Rams have, I know that the Rams lost a few players, but it, it just, it's one of those things where it, I, I highly doubt that he would contribute much of anything. And basically it would be a redshirt year, um, which is fine. But I think um, at that point it, it would be, you know, some, um, I think there's better positions that, that the Rams could fill um, and, and definitely be better players available. I, I mean, there are other guys that I you could kind of take a look at, you know, maybe later down the line, you know, maybe guys like, uh, have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Majai Sanders, uh, Edge from <laughs> Cincy, um, he, he's one that, that caught my eye, but you know, someone that would absolutely need to take a redshirt year, very, very skinny. Um, I he, he would absolutely get clobbered uh, on the NFL level because of how, you know, small he, well, how thin he is. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know exactly if Sanders would be someone you'd want to target just because of that. But that's why Edge, I think, if you if you draft Edge at all, it'll probably be extremely late and basically like a Chris Garrett type of situation. <laughs> and I, at that point, I don't know how helpful that would be. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm looking at edge. There's still some available on the market. Um, I mean, you never know, maybe they're chasing rings like, you know, uh, what's it called? Jason Pierce, Paul's still available. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to cost 33 years old. Maybe he's trying to get another one. Uh, obviously uh, Mario Addison. I don't know if he's still playing. I think he could be like a depth contributor, um, I mean, there's just some guys, Anthony Barr, but I don't know how much he's going to go for all these guys. We're kind of still in a weird spot with, um, free agents, Carlos Dunlap 33, but he's been playing well, yeah. Melvin Ingram, we, Melvin Ingram. I think he's going to sign for big money or big ish money. He played really well down the stretch. So that we get him, but like those older, older guys who are ring chasing, basically that, you know, can give us a year or two. I'd be very happy with honestly because it's very hard. Like I said, to find edge rusher in day three. You, you mentioned my Jason. We can't afford to take guys that are redshirting. That's just my belief. Yeah, I completely agree with you there because it's it's really uh, very slim pickings at, at at that position. And um, as as far as linebackers concerned, like if you talk like inside linebacker. I suppose it wouldn't be the end of the world if the Rams tried to address the position also, but is it a hundred percent necessary? Uh, especially after, you know, bringing in Bobby Wagner, it's not as necessary, I would say, but still it, it couldn't hurt to, you know, bring in some competition for, you know, guys like Traven Howard. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. I mean, it, it would be tough. And this is coming from me who has been, I feel like the last three years when we've had people on a talk draft, I've just asked 90 questions about inside linebackers. You, If you take a inside linebacker before the fifth round, that's a waste of a pick, in my opinion. Yeah. Unless, like, it's a can't, not, not necessarily can't miss, but, like, 
a guy who they had graded as like an early second round pick who falls to you. Um, because Ernest Jones played great. And then you add one of the best inside linebackers of the last 20 years. It it would just seem like a wild pick when you, you have so many other positions. You'd be better off throwing some darts at. No, hundred percent agree. So, Uh, so Kev, one thing I wanted to ask also is there's always going to be that bizarre pick that, that Les Snead does. It, it's just like a given at this point. It, um, it, thankfully, it's not as bizarre as, like, say, you know, a Raiders draft. But, uh, you know, it, do you see, like, a position, like an off-the-wall position that the Rams could target? Um, not maybe necessarily with the uh, first pick that they have, but maybe somewhere down the line, it's just like this came out of nowhere. Is there a position yeah. like that you see the Rams doing? Of course, running back. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, yeah, the man. Rams are 100%. We're 100% taking, like, um, I think we're going to take a complimentary back to Cam Akers because I think they're going to go into the season with Cam Akers as the guy because obviously, you know, he showed up after the Achilles. I still don't know what to expect from him. But we're going to take a, a a third down back, I think. That is the um, the priority. Like, a third down, get uh, Akers off the field, keep his legs fresh, don't let him block um like a Tyler Beatty, uh Damian Pierce could do that, Rashad White. All of these guys are guys who can play the the three downish role. Um I think that is go- Keontae Ingram maybe on day 3, I'd like him a lot. Running back is one of the positions with a lot of depth this year. The top is ugly, the middle is, the middle is whatever, but the bottom it's like a good there's a good floor of running backs in this draft. Um you could get a lot of guys, a lot of contributors, specifically that third down back slot. And I think the Rams are, are going to be in the market for that to kind of compliment Akers. I don't know what's going to happen with Henderson. There's obviously Funk, but I don't know what to make of Funk. He's just there and always hurt. You um, don't have to make anything of Funk. Yeah, I think Henderson's like a cut candidate sooner or later. No, I, I just don't know. No, <laughs> Henderson? I don't know about that. Maybe like a seventh round, but someone trades like a compensatory seventh round pick for him. But like, I, I don't know what you're going to get for Daryl Henderson. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. What, he, I, what I, is Daryl Henderson going to fetch? Like a swap of sixth or a, a seventh? Like I, He's a fine backup running back. Nobody's paying for backup running backs. No, but no, I, he, no. he's a guy who I think plays out his rookie contract as a rotational player. Probably acres primary backup i could see them adding in the later rounds of the draft a uh a pass catching back like you said because neither of them really fully takes on that role but i I think he's pretty clearly going to be the the backup and i think they're fine with it you know he's he's fine um acres i'll I'll give you a hot take i'll give you a hot take jake funk beats out daryl henderson by the end of spring by the end of um preseason that's a scorcher do i have any fun i'm playing uh lightning strike sound effect here that none of you guys jake funk will beat out daryl henderson jake funk's better honestly (laughs) that's a funky take there man that's that's a real funky take man they're gonna like jake funk more on like special teams and they're gonna be like well he produced similarly and then they're gonna cut or trade or something daryl henderson okay i don't see it happening soon i'm not saying it's gonna happen today tomorrow draft day but yeah, I think he will outplay him. And again, Henderson can't stay on the field either. And I know Funk hasn't historically, but you know, one to one. I I mean I'm taking Funk here. Is this um is this Henderson's fourth year? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's 
He's gone after this year. Um, exactly. He'll be the back. And he was though. horrible. He was horrible last year. He had his moments. Horrible. He had like four point four yards per target. He uh, he couldn't block again. He just couldn't stay on the field. I mean, they brought him back for the Super Bowl. I think to play like four yards and four rushes for seven yards, and he's just so unreliable. I I think with with Henderson, kind of uh, you know Cam Akers going out initially is what really hurt everything in terms of the ground game. So um, I I do think that they had a plan for Henderson. It's just after Cam Akers went down, it just, you know, everything went to hell. Um, So I do think there is a role for him. It's just a matter of, you know, keeping everybody healthy, not just him. You know, keeping Cam Akers healthy, who hasn't really had a healthy season. Uh, Yeah, so actually now more and more we're discussing this. Uh, maybe it does make sense to draft a running back. Yeah. 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 They're going to draft that third down back, I think, day three. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to reach for it unless they're enamored, which, you know, it's happened. They've traded up for bad running backs, Daryl Henderson. But, um, yeah, it happens. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> That's Absolutely fair. I'll give no you that Anderson one. <laughs> but, uh, he's better than Jake Funk. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not about being better. It's about, like, he, Jake Funk's cheaper. Uh, Jake Funk's a better on special teams, and I think he's a better receiver. So I think they're going to value those qualities more. As a rusher, like Daryl Henderson's faster, and Daryl Henderson, like you know, he's a better runner. But that's you can that can only take you so far. There's other aspects of the field that you know need you know tending to. Yeah, well, Jake Funk is not going to tend, but I, I I see your point. <laughs> I see okay. your point. I'll it take is, I'll take it. <laughs> and I mean the the running back market is kind of crazy. Like you know there are like good players still available um or at least playable players and there are definitely daryl henderson level players available as free agents uh so i wonder like how other teams are gonna attack into the draft like as somebody who is picking 101 in my dynasty league i've seen no mocks where running backs are gonna go in the first round um you know even like like how high is Brees hall projecting to go like i feel like he's still like mid to late, late first, second right early second late early. first early second kind of i've seen some mocks like i think uh jeremiah and brugler i want to say dane blue dave or dane brugler they both had Brees hall i think in the first round or relatively high so him spiller's getting some late traction and i like spiller a lot but I, obviously not for us because he's not going to be there and i wouldn't want to take a running back third round but um, you know, I'm not worried about the top of the draft, at least. That's not our MO here. I don't think they're going to waste the pick because Cam Akers, they're going to go into the season with him as the lead back after what we've seen. I, I, I'm skeptical of how long he can last. I'm skeptical of how much he can, you know, how much he could touch the ball per game. But at the same time, I mean, they, they I think they're going to value him coming back in season and be like, we're going to stick with you no matter how bad it gets. Yeah, and I'm optimistic because, you know, the the worry about coming back from an Achilles injury is can you come back from an Achilles injury? And we've already gotten the answer to that, which is great. Uh, you know, the hardest part of the question has been answered. He's obviously had a little bit of injury history previous to that. So, like, you would like a reliable running back behind him. Um, you know, it'd be ideal if Sonny Michelle was the guy under contract instead of Daryl Henderson. But... Uh, yeah, I think they're going to ride Acres. I think he's going to play probably seventy percent of the snaps at running back this year, if he, assuming he stays healthy. In games that he's active, would be shocked if he plays less than seventy. 
Yeah. I mean, considering how much they played him after coming back from the right, Achilles, yeah. I was like, well, looks like it. I mean, but there's also like, you know, Devontae Booker's, Jalen Richard's, those kinds of guys, Daryl Williams, those are still available. So maybe we sign a running back for really cheap instead of drafting one, but it's just all about how the money works for the team. That's kind of what they're going to value at the end of the day, where they want to allocate the money uh, draft wise or, you know, cap wise. So I only say draft because I think they hold off on it affecting the cap in a certain, I have no idea how it exactly works, but um, that's the only reason I'm saying it like that. It, um, after the draft, it, it, there is some like weird cap mambo jumbo, I think too. And, uh, it doesn't affect compensatory after the draft and the Rams, that's basically all our draft picks. So yeah, they probably are being conscious. Of it. Yeah. I'd love Daryl Williams for free, man. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's uh Melvin Gordon still out there. Yeah, he's too good. He's gonna, he's gonna get money. He's not gonna get paid, paid, but he's gonna get like five million a year or something. Yeah, I and mean, how cool would that be? I I wouldn't want to pay Melvin Gordon five million. I like Melvin Gordon. I just wouldn't want to pay him because again, that's a guy we can't play on third down. No. Um, yeah. Kev, Kev, I know you got to hop before you go. That's the last question, uh, unless Johnny had anything else. Is there a guy that you've been looking at, uh, you know, whether it was watching him play in college last year, that nobody likes that is being projected like late day three to undrafted that you believe in? Like a guy who like... Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, but okay, keep going. Sorry. that That's basically the whole question. Okay, this is awful, but like uh, Adam Anderson... UGA edge rusher he has you know allegations out there and he's very much gonna likely gonna fall out of the draft but he was a projected like late first round pick and you know if you know he's you know uh admonished or us or if he's uh, like allowed to sign with a team after I think I mean talent wise it's awful because he has like some serious allegations against him but they if, if they come out to be untrue uh, that's the one guy I would look to target if you want like a football player. I'm not speaking to him as a person. I'm not speaking to what he did, but uh, UGA edge rusher, Adam Anderson, extremely productive, extremely good. I mean, actually it's not extremely productive. The stats don't show it, but like the way he moves off the edge, he's just so bendy. Um, he, I mean, again, we'd be talking about him way more if he didn't have these allegations against him, but um, it's kind of like, who was it? Lyle Collins and a couple other guys in the past who've fallen. Lyle Collins comes to mind, right? As the guy who fell out. I mean, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill was still drafted. I don't think Anderson's going to get drafted. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, fifth round, though, I mean. Yeah. So, like, okay, if you want, like, this year's Tyree Kill of sorts, if they're, like, you know, not guilty, it's Adam Anderson. Go watch him if you get a chance. Not Again, the off-the-field issues, if they are true, he should be in prison. He should be like, you know, throw away the key. If not, if he's, you know, free, I think that would be a perfect fit in the defense. And um, yeah, I, that's the one guy. And again, I don't like saying this, but you know, to answer the question, it's him. Well, the thing with guys like this, um, and I speaking strictly from a basis of football, like there are 32 NFL GM jobs in the world. And unless the NFL has indicated this guy has never is never going to play in our league, somebody's going to draft him, or mm-hmm. maybe not draft him, but somebody's going to sign him because there's only a few of these jobs, and you sign this guy, and ultimately he ends up playing 
uh, and doesn't get suspended for a long period of time, you're going to look like a, a genius, you know? And yeah. there's only so many of these jobs. It, it happens with all these guys. Unless the league steps in and says, this guy is not playing in our league, they're going to get signed no matter what, um, whether he's guilty or not, because somebody yeah. else will do it if you don't do it. Yeah, and I hate that reasoning, but at the same yeah, time, bullshit. Like, it, it but, just it's bullshit, but at the same time, it's like, if, again, if he's not guilty, if this is all just like fluff or whatever, you typically isn't, but if it does turn out to be, I, I think that's the guy you should look at in terms of, I mean, again, I've never met him, I don't know him personally, but just from watching him play football, I'm like, this guy can play and he might be free. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. <laughs> rough note to end the podcast on Dar- i mean Dar- I, I mean that's why i'm not talking about no, i'm not going no, deeper than that it, it's it's rough but thing is like you know this year's tyreek hill we know how much of a piece of shit tyreek is because he's his actions continued beyond um his pre-draft worries like you know joe mixon a couple other guys they had like early college um issues that you know they didn't come up again and it's you know you can kind of forgive them to a certain degree you know not completely not say what they did is okay but you're like okay well you know whatever happened maybe it was a one-off thing and people make mistakes you could forgive them but um yeah when it comes down to like repeat offenders or um you know if something this serious or in any other case would be true. That's obviously, you know, red line. You don't pass that, but right. Yeah. yeah. It's, there are these guys that fall in like every few years. They happen to sometimes pop. Yeah. Well, I hope it's not true for the sake of hoping this yeah. event didn't happen, but if it, if he exactly. gets convicted, he's never going to play in the NFL and will probably be in jail. Um, but yeah. yeah, Johnny, did you have anyone that you liked at the tail end of the draft? Ooh, there's there's quite a few, um, like uh, someone that I kind of hope falls um, more than than already proje- uh, projected, like uh, a guy like a Marquise Hayes, which I imagine he's a, he's a guy that will probably fall to like the fourth or fifth round. Um, kind of the thing about him is he he was kind of a highly touted you know prospect going into Oklahoma and was kind of average if we're being honest but i i think he's someone that um based on you know his size and everything could be someone to look out for you know later rounds would i want to spend like a fourth or third round pick on the guy not really but you know maybe using like a sixth round pick on the guy i'd absolutely be ecstatic about that may turn out to be you know nothing in the end but hey, if he pans out into something else, why not? Yeah, he didn't. Oh, did he play one game in college, or am I looking at something wrong? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he played more than one game. Okay, I yeah, he... I think stats. Uh, pro Football Reference has weird, or College Football Reference has weird stats. I've never, yeah, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to Marquis Hayes, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, he he played a little bit. Um, didn't, or, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he played a little less than I thought. But uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he, he played a, at least a few games. I know he never panned out into anything um, in, in Oklahoma, which is disappointing because he was – I remember this very distinctly because I know there was a lot of college teams that wanted this dude, and um, 
really nothing happened. So that's kind of why he's he's like not, you know, up there. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch him now just because you mentioned him. I had no, like, honestly, I did not have my eye on him whatsoever. But uh, you mentioned how far would he fall, third or late third round or like earlier third round? I, I from what I've seen, um, basically the predictions are anywhere from like the fourth and uh, fourth round. I would say fifth round is kind of a stretch, but um, you know, if if he falls down any further than that, I would be ecstatic if the Rams could land him in like the sixth round. And like I said, if he turns out, you know, to be anything, that'd be awesome. Um, but if, if he turns out to be a dud, I mean, it's a six round pick, you know. Right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Kev, where can the people follow you? What What are you putting out that they should be looking for? Uh, I'm putting out a lot of fantasy baseball content over on Roto at Roto Surgeon on Twitter. Make sure to go follow me if you guys want to. If you guys don't and you hated everything I just said, that's fine. I get yelled at on the regular anyway. But nevertheless, um, my work at Roto Baller and the game day is uh, you know regularly available. Right now, again, it's fantasy baseball mode. Um, I don't think I was doing much draft work. I will be doing stuff over the game day for the draft, I think, during the draft, but there's no pre-draft stuff. I'll put I put out mock drafts. But again, if you're looking for Rams mock drafts, you're not going to get any anytime soon because these <laughs> draft, our picks are so... I yeah, honestly, I like, you know, we t- talked about some guys, but, like, I, those are the only ones I kind of know well enough. I can't really give you a genuine um take on everybody so um yeah i'm glad we talked about who we did because i knew most of them so that worked out pretty well there we go uh, yeah. yeah it's a weird draft and like this year it just for us after the super bowl i, I mean the last thing i cared about the last month or two was the draft Not right man we won the fucking super bowl i don't care yeah. that we have an unexciting draft this year yeah, yeah no way there are 31 then- teams that would trade places with us a hundred percent. We could have none of our picks. I don't care. We have, I mean, we technically don't have any picks, but you know, guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to both of you, thank you guys again for having me on. I, 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 this is my first pod, not this, obviously, because of them, the operating room, which you should go check out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But you guys were the first podcast I ever joined. And, you know, I'm very grateful for, you know, having you guys in my little circle. We love to hear it. The first yeah. member of the Butting Heads coaching tree. There you go. <laughs> I am the, um, the uh what is it, matt is it the matt lafleur or yeah matt lafleur was the first you one you are the matt LaFleur, right yeah that's yeah, a good one to be I'll take it i wish i had the eyebrows but i'll take what i could get <laughs> all right man thanks for coming on appreciate it yeah you guys have a great evening and go rams yeah take it easy kev he was well Thanks. my man and uh johnny we could just wrap up there unless you had any final thoughts uh just that man it, i i i have to say that this is kind of awesome because I, I remember, you know, um, being in this position where, you know, around this time of year, that's kind of like anxiousness uh, for the NFL draft to begin. Um, and basically just the NFL draft talk starts in January. But for the Rams this year, like, it, it, there's absolutely zero urgency to talk about the NFL draft this year. And it's awesome. <laughs> that I mean, it, it's hard to believe that the NFL draft is just around the corner, and it's like, damn, it feels like the Rams just won the Super Bowl. It's yeah, it's great. It's um, you know, we didn't even finish our offseason grades because we weren't starting them until late February. Like, <laughs> it's so nice. Uh, I do want to end with this, Johnny. I'm for all our non 
people who didn't follow the Rams in St. Louis, I'm going to read to you guys the players the Rams drafted from 2006 to 2008. And I want you to count on your hand the number of players you recall watching in the NFL because I guarantee you the number is three or lower. And three is optimistic. I think it's probably one. All right. You ready, Johnny? I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm excited for this. Go for it. Ty Hill. Joe Klopfenstein, Claude Roten, John Alston, Dominic Bird. I thought Dominic Bird was going to be good, and he was not. Uh, Victor Adeyanju, Marcus Haggins, Tim McGargle, Mark. Oh, I don't remember him. <laughs> He's a seventh round pick. He played one year. Mark Setterstrom, Tony Palmer, Adam Carricker. Brian Leonard. Brian Leonard, not bad, but we drafted a fullback at fucking 52, and he barely played for us. He was, like, okay on the Bengals. Um, the Leonard Leap. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like, maybe the third best player we drafted in this era. Jonathan Wade, Dustin Fry, Clifton Ryan, Ken Shackelford, Heath Jackson, Derek Stanley. No idea who any of those guys are. Chris Long, friend of the show. Donnie Avery, John Greco, Justin King. Keenan Burton, Roy Shewing, Chris Chamberlain, David Babora, uh, David Babora, Mr. Irrelevant, one yeah. of the only players on this list that actually contributed to the team at all. And we drafted him at 252, and he was like below average for like two years. <laughs> but hey, like, he contributed something. He started a couple games, uh, you know. At 252, he was a good pick, but, you know, oh, my God. What a uh, what a list. The the name that sticks out to me out of all of those players, I mean, obviously, other than, like, the most well-known names on there, is Joe Klopfenstein. And I, I remember him very distinctly because it was my hope that we would finally find a good tight end. And Klopp just was not the guy at all. <laughs> and they drafted uh, him and Dominic Bird in the same draft uh, very close to each other, and neither were good. No. I mean, I'd even argue that, that Dominic Bird was probably the better of the two, but yeah, that's not he, saying much. He was, and yeah, it... it didn't mean any uh nah they they were both really bad i i can't in good faith say i did one of these guys is better I, is this accurate that dominic bird only have six catches feels like he had more than that but it's i guess it's possible no, yeah he had six catches in his career well i don't know what happened to him um he was out of the league for from 2008 to 2010, and then came back for two teams in 2011. Wow. That's, hmm. uh, that's interesting. I'm going to read 2009, too, because it's also horrible. Jason Smith, James Laurinaitis, good pick. Bradley Fletcher. Bradley Fletcher had a pretty good career, but I feel like he wasn't that good for us. And one he of those guys that left him was like, okay. For us. Um, Daryl Scott, Brooks Foster, Keith Null. And Chris, uh, Chris Abania, Chris Abania inexplicably played six years in the NFL. Interesting. <laughs> don't recall those. I I don't either. But uh, hey, your boy Noel is there. Yeah, he, no, 
Oh man, man, that that those were some terrible times, man. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, <laughs> twenty ten, not much better. It really these drafts really didn't start being passable until less need popped and like i think the big thing too and like you know you're not going to draft good players in day three but i think from 2006 until 2000 like looking at this list 12 honestly i don't think the rams drafted a single productive player on day three like the, your your best guys were like Greg Salas, Michael Hunuaunui, uh Eugene Sims was good. I take that back. He was productive. Yeah, Eugene it. Sims was pretty solid. But uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, I read all those other guys. None of them were good. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eugene Sims is good. I'll put some respect on his name. All right. Uh, thank you, Kev, again for coming on. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Rojo Sur- Roto Surgeon. Uh, real entertaining follow. If you don't follow him, and follow us. At Seaver Barrow, at Johnny Five Not Six, and at Talk Rams. And we will be back next week with more draft coverage. So we'll talk to you guys soon. How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You for you personally. I think we ain't done yet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.